Welcome to Truth for Transformation with Timothy Brown. Timothy is the lead pastor of Arden First Baptist Church in Arden, North Carolina. Our mission is to lead ordinary people into extraordinary life in Christ. We pray that today's message inspires you to live an extraordinary life in Jesus Christ. Check out our website for more inspiring resources, ArdenFBC.com. Now, here's today's message from Pastor Timothy Brown. Hello, Arden First Family and Friends. Greetings from wherever you're watching today, whether you're in your living room, whether you're in the bedroom, lounging out, watching this in your PJs, or whether you're all dressed up. We just want to welcome you to Arden First at Home. With me today are special guests at our at-home studio. On my left or right, we have... Tim McElwain. Tim and his lovely bride... Cindy McElwain. So they are new to the Arden First family. They moved here from the great state of Texas. Any Texans out there? What is the rah, you know... Ooray. Ooray, there we go, yeah. See, I only lived in Texas for a year and a half, so I, you know, I didn't get all the sayings. So, Cindy, how did you guys meet? Tell us a little bit about yourselves. Um, we met uh, through a mutual friend, mm-hmm. and uh, being from Texas, I think that uh, we, we went to a rodeo. Oh, rodeo, uh, nice. Yeah, it just kind of went with the, the Texas thing. Yeah, that's great, that's great. So, I love the state of Texas. You know, they say everything's bigger in Texas. And I remember, you guys ever shop at Central Market? Cindy loved to shop at Central Market. Oh, that was my favorite thing because you had the, the huge shopping and then you had like restaurants inside the grocery store. And I thought that was the coolest thing to be able to go to the grocery store and then go to a restaurant and then have concerts on the weekend. And I wish they had Central Markets here in North Carolina. Maybe they'll get one one day. So, well, we want to welcome you. And for those of you joining us online streaming, uh, we just want to encourage you to go and share this on your homepage. So that way others can get the message out. We are continuing in our series here at Arden First. We go verse by verse through books of the Bible. And we've been in the, the Gospel of Luke, Tim, for almost two years. So we're, we're getting close. We're in chapter 23. So go ahead and turn to chapter 22, verse 63. We're going to be in chapter 22 and go into chapter 23. And today we're going to ask this question. What will you do with Jesus? And as you turn there, I want to start off with a little story. Whenever I was in eighth grade, I decided to switch from going to a public school to a private Christian school. And uh, Cindy, Tim, God really got a hold of my life during that time. I was just, you know, middle schooler. And I remember recommitting my life to Christ. And God really started burning this passion into preaching. So at the age of 14, I started preaching just here and there. And I I seemed to be on the right track. But uh, Tim, I kind of got off track a little bit. And uh, I kind of made an unwise decision. See, I fell in love with the pastor's daughter. And it was one of those typical love stories, summer romance. I remember asking my mom to drop me off at the pool and just in hopes that she would be there. So I remember making a, a very unwise decision that I didn't pray about. I decided to leave the Christian school that I felt God had called me to, to go to a public school where this girl went. So can you believe that I, I switched schools for a girl? You ever done like that? You gotta watch what you do. <laughs> you got, we gotta watch what you do with the ladies. So I switched schools and, uh, my whole goal was to make sure by the end of the school year, this girl would be my girlfriend. So Cindy, I did everything I could. I became friends with her and we, we, we were best friends and hung out. And it was that moment of decision where, you know, there's different ways of doing it. Do you like me? Check yes or no. But this was high school. 
So I had to be a little smooth. So I think I wrote her a letter and expressed how I felt. And basically the tagline would be like, will you be my girl or something, you know, sweet like that. And it was at the moment of decision. And audience at home, can you guess what she decided? You guys want to decide? What do you think? Doesn't sound like a very smooth approach. Okay, so you're guessing no. Okay, what do you think? Yeah, I think you Yes, no. Okay, what, what do you guys say? Put it in the comments. We want to see. So what we're going to do is we're going to talk about Luke. So that story is going to come back, okay? I'm going to leave you hanging uh, whether she said yes or no. So hang with me. Don't switch channels. Uh, stay right here with us. But we're going to ask the question, what will you do with Jesus? We're talking about decisions, that life is full of decisions. Now, some of you have a hard time making the small decisions, like what are you going to wear? Uh, you, you ever struggle what restaurant we're going to go to pre-corona? You know, we're for the virus. Where are we going to eat? Who picks that with you guys? I usually give three choices and let her pick one. Oh, smart. Okay, that's good. Guys, you're taking notes? Pick choices. So th- those are little decisions. Uh, some of us struggle with the big decisions. Big decisions like, you know, when you're getting out of college, what's going to be my career? Big decisions like, who am I going to marry? Big decisions like when you hit 40s, am I, am I where I need to be? You know, this whole midlife uh, issue. Big decisions like when I'm going to retire. Am I going to retire early? I'm going to keep going. Am I going to try to go for the big 7-0, keep working? I mean, and some of you who are retired are in decisions of like, you know, should we stay in the house? Should we sell it? Should we downsize? Should we go to a place where our needs are going to be taken care of? But all these decisions, a life is full of decisions. So today we're going to ask you to make a decision. What are you going to do with Jesus? So a little preview. We're going to talk about four different people And the decisions they made. And then we're going to talk about the right decision. So some of these decisions you'll find are not the ones that you should go for. So go ahead and hopefully you're there. Luke 22 verse 63. And we're going to read quite a lengthy passage. And then we're going to break it down verse by verse as we do. So start in verse 63. Now the men who held Jesus mocked him and beat him. And having blindfolded him, they struck him on the face and asked saying, Prophesy, who is he who struck you? And many other things, they blasphemed Jesus and spoke against him. As soon it was, as it was day, the elders of the people, both chief priests and scribes, came together and led him into their council, saying, If you are the Christ, tell us. But he said to them, If I tell you, you will by no means believe. And if I also ask you, you will by no means answer me or let me go. Hereafter, the Son of Man will sit on the right hand of the power of God. Then they all said, Are you then the Son of God? He said to them, You rightly say that I am. And they said, What further testimony do we need? For we have heard it ourselves from his own mouth. Then in chapter 23, Then the whole multitude of them arose and led him to Pilate. And they began to accuse him, saying, We we found this fellow perverting the nation and forbidding to pay taxes to Caesar saying that he himself is Christ the king. Then Pilate asked him, saying, Are you the king of the Jews? He answered him and said, It is as you say. So Pilate said to the chief priests in the the crowd, I find no fault in this man. But they were all the more fierce, saying, He stirs up the people, teaching throughout all Judea, beginning from Galilee to this place. When Pilate heard of Galilee, he asked if this man were a Galilean. And as soon as he knew that he belonged to Herod's jurisdiction, he sent Jesus to Herod, who also was in Jerusalem at that time. 
Now, when Herod saw Jesus, he was exceedingly glad, for he had desired for a long time to see him, because he had heard many things about him, and he hoped to see some miracle done by him. Then he questioned him with many words, but Jesus answered him nothing. And the chief priests and the scribes stood and vehemently accused him. Then Herod, with his men of war, treated him with contempt and mocked him and arrayed him in a gorgeous robe and sent him back to Pilate. That very day, Pilate and Herod became friends with each other, for previously they had been in enmity with one another. Let's pray together. Father, as we study your word, we realize this is a very passionate passage that Jesus is going to the cross and he's experiencing many people who have different decisions to make. And Father, I pray that you would speak to our hearts and help us to make the right decision about Jesus, what we will do with Jesus. So Lord, we pray your blessing on your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So friends, for those of you just tuning in today, we are in the Gospel of Luke, starting at verse by verse. And we are asking the decision, what will you do with Jesus? What will you do with Jesus? And today we're going to have four different responses. Response number one we see in the text is mocking Jesus. The soldiers mocked Jesus because they saw him as weak instead of strong. So, Tim, Cindy, what we see in this text, you see the soldiers and they're, they're mocking Jesus. And they're doing so many abusive things to him. And don't you see people today, they mock Jesus. And Tim, I want to ask you a question. Why do you think people mock Jesus in today's culture? What are some reasons you would find? Well, sometimes you, you mock people when you feel inferior to them mm-hmm. to try to show up that wow. you are. That's good. Yeah. Cindy, what do you think? What are some things that you would, you would say? I would say they don't understand who he is. Yeah. They don't know him. Yeah, so not really knowing. That's yeah. good. Yeah, really good thing. So I, I want you guys to look at the soldiers. Look back in verse 63. It says, The men who held Jesus mocked him. They beat him. They blindfolded him. They struck him on the face saying, Prophesy, who is he that's, that's beating you? So I want you guys to get the irony in the story. These soldiers were spiritually blind and they're trying to physically blindfold Jesus who could see right through the blindfold and into their hearts. Instead of blindfolding Jesus, they should have been bowing at his feet saying, Jesus, give me sight because we are blind. Instead of beating Jesus, they should have been blessing him. Instead of hurting Jesus, they should be surrendering their lives, offering their service to help Jesus and to be with him and to be with him as a follower, as someone that's going to follow him passionately. But instead, these soldiers, they are going after darkness instead of light. And friend, I, I want to ask you today, do you have people in your life that are mocking Jesus? That say, oh, the Bible's just old school, old fashioned, fuddy-duddy, whatever sayings they have. Or Christians are so just irrelevant. I, I just want to speak to you today, if you have people like that in your life that don't listen to their lives. Because Jesus is the truth. Jesus is the life. Jesus is the way. A lot of people are blindfolded spiritually. And they they, they don't see. And Jesus came to give light to those who are in darkness. He came to give life to those who are walking in death. So these soldiers just do a horrible thing. Now, if you look back at the scripture, Tim and Sin, if you look at this passage and other passages that go with Jesus' trials, he had several trials we see several things emerge. They insulted and mocked Jesus. 
They hit him in the face with the palm of their hands. They spit in his face. They plucked out his beard. They mocked him by dressing him in this purple robe. They put a staff in his hand and this symbolized the royal scepter. They put a crown of thorns on his head. They bowed before him in mockery. Matthew 27 says they said, Hell, king of the Jews, and mocked him. They struck him repeatedly with the staff that they had placed in his hand. And as you look at this, the soldiers give this mock coronation of Jesus. They gave him a purple robe, placing a staff in his hand, bowing before him, proclaiming that he's the king. And one author, Peter Leithart, notes this. They spit in contempt instead of kneeling in reverence. They pull the scepter from Jesus' hand and they beat his crowned head with it, strip off the scarlet robe and replace it with Jesus' own robe. Friends, the soldiers should have been praising Jesus instead of punishing him. They should have been washing his feet instead of spitting in his face. They should have been worshiping him instead of rejecting him. And I just want to ask you, friend at home, you, you and I may not be like the soldiers and may have different worries and concerns and reactions, but how many of us worry when we should be worshiping? How many of us Instead of praising God, we're complaining about what's going on in our world. How many of us, instead of serving Jesus, we're sitting back and watching others serve Him? Tim, I think this is a wake-up call, this coronavirus. It's, it's telling us that consumer Christianity is dead. It's no longer about coming to church to consume. It's about realizing this world as we know it, time is running out. We are in the last days, friend. The return of Jesus is imminent. He could come back at any time. So instead of being a consumer Christian, I want to encourage myself and you to get up, to make a difference for Christ. Not just to sit around and watch others do the work, but to say, Jesus, I believe in you and I'm going to serve you passionately all the days of my life. And friends, when you get to the end of your life, you want to be able to say like the Apostle Paul, I fought the good fight. I finished the course. I poured out my life. And I want to encourage you, friends, to do that. Don't respond like these soldiers. I mean, they, they were a mockery. And sometimes we not, we not realize it, but how we respond and react, it's a mockery to the gospel. God is calling us to stand up and make a difference for the cause of Christ. All right, we have reaction number two. Someone in the comment section said, Amen. Reaction number two is rejecting Jesus. If you notice in the scripture, starting in verses 66 through 71, The religious leaders rejected Jesus because they saw him as a threat instead of as their savior. Look back at verse 66. As soon as as it was day, the elders of the people, both chief priests and scribes, came together and led him into their council, saying, If you are the Christ, please tell us. But Jesus said, If I tell you, you will by no means believe. So here's what the religious leaders were doing. They were basically presenting Jesus as a criminal when he was the Christ. They, Cindy, they were asking the question, tell us if you're, if you're who you say you are, but they, they didn't want to believe. It was a mockery. They, they, they saw Jesus as a threat. And we know from Scripture that the reason why the Pharisees, the religious leaders, rejected Jesus, the first thing, Tim, the Bible tells us they were people pleasers. They loved the praise of, of men rather than the love of God and the praise of God. That comes from John 12, verse 43. They also were serving money instead of the masters, instead of the master. 
Luke 16, 14 says, The Pharisees who dearly loved their money heard all this and scoffed at him. So here's the thing. How many people in America see Jesus as a threat to their lifestyle? Like, I would follow Jesus, but what is this going to mean about my job? I would follow Jesus, but what is this going to mean about my relationships? You know, I'm, I'm currently with someone that, you know, doesn't really want Jesus in their life. I would follow Jesus, but what are you going to do with Jesus? Are you going to mock him like the soldiers or are you going to reject him like the religious leaders? Tim, the Bible says in the last days, people will have a form of godliness, but deny its power to save them. So I just want to, I want to speak boldly to you today. Don't be like the soldiers and mocking Jesus. And don't be like the religious leaders in rejecting Jesus, having this form of religiosity and spirituality, but no substance. Reaction number three, you'll go to chapter 23 in your scripture, starting in verse one. The reaction number three is delaying my decision. Pilate delayed deciding about Jesus because he saw Jesus as an innocent inconvenience to his political power. In verse 1, it says, The whole multitude arose. They brought him to Pilate, and they began to accuse him, saying, We found this man perverting the nation, forbidding to pay taxes to Caesar, saying that he himself is a king. Pilate begins to talk to Jesus. And at the end of the conversation, what does Pilate find about Jesus? What does he say? He says, I find no fault in this man. So he saw Jesus as innocent, but yet, guess what? Jesus was an inconvenience. He was an innocent inconvenience. In other words, Pilate was all about his career. It was about political power. It was about staying in charge. And how many people in today's world hold on to power? They hold on to their their prestige. And friends, let me tell you something. Pilate's been gone for almost 2,000 years. And we, we talk about him, but what did he do with Jesus? Yes, he had money. Yes, he had power. Yes, he had prestige. But if he died without Christ, he died eternally lost. And I just want to encourage you. Some of you may have great positions. Some of you may have great educations. As somebody once said, you may have so many education degrees that your mama calls you thermometer. But if you don't have Jesus, it doesn't matter. Because at the end of the world, degrees and diplomas don't matter. At the end of the world... You can't take all your money with you, but what you can take with you is if you have a relationship with Jesus, that's eternal and that that lives forever. So the three charges leveled against Jesus, they said that he was perverting the nation, number one, forbidding payment of taxes to Rome, number two, and claiming to be the Christ. Now, we know that he was the Christ, so that was true, but the other accusations were false. And I want to I want to just let you know that in this world there's so much false news floating out there. And Sandy, it's so hard to know what's real, right? I mean, this news channel says this, this news channel says the complete opposite. And we're talking about fake news. I came to be a, a bearer of true news, of good news. Whenever you read the Bible, it is God's word. It is the infallible and errant word of God. It will not lead you astray but it will lead you to faith and eternal life in Jesus Christ. The Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing by what? The Word of God. So we're we're bringing you good news in a world that's so confused and so much confusion and conspiracy theories and things floating out here. I'm not coming to give you conspiracy theory. I'm coming to give you truth. And that truth is found in Jesus Christ. So I ask you the question, what will you do with Jesus? Pilate delayed the decision. And I would encourage you not to delay. Because, Tim, if you delay, what does that mean? 
you're putting off something that you may need sooner than yeah. when, when you need, when need it. Yeah, exactly. And if you delay, that means no. If someone says, well, let me think about it, that's a, that's a no until a yes. So, friends, don't delay your decision. Today, the Bible says, is your day of salvation. Today is your day of new life. Today is your day to follow Jesus. Don't delay. The fourth reaction is selfishly seeking Jesus. Selfishly seeking Jesus. If you look at verses 8 and 9, we see Herod. He he desired to see Jesus not because he wanted to follow Jesus, but he wanted something from Jesus. And how many people today, they, they get a religious kick because they want Jesus to do a miracle. They want Jesus to do a healing. They want Jesus to do something for their family. But yet, once Jesus does that, they leave. And friends, that's not true faith if you're only coming after Jesus to get something from him. The, the answer is not seeking something from him, but saying, Jesus, I surrender to you because you're Lord. Jesus, I surrender to you because you're Savior. Jesus, I surrender to you because the Bible says you're the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to God except through you. You are the Messiah. You are the one who has a plan. That's the answer, but... Pilate, he delayed. Herod, he wanted to see Jesus, but because Herod was all about Herod, it was all about him. It was a narcissistical seeking, not a a true seeking. He wanted to see a miracle from Jesus. And friends, we need to stop seeking Jesus for what he can do for us. We need to start seeking Jesus because who he is. Are you following Jesus simply because what you can get from him? That is no more than a consumer mentality. We need to follow Jesus because he calls us. He's calling you by name today. Are you following him? So let's look at the rest of the story. What happened when Jesus did not give them what they wanted? Look at verses 10 through 12. Well, we we see this is in other passages as well. Uh, Not necessarily this one, but parallel passages. We see the soldiers, they fall over Jesus' clothing. They didn't get what they wanted. You know, Jesus was not fulfilling their agenda. They were just there to beat him. And Jesus was just there for, 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 for them to abuse him. The religious leaders, they delivered Jesus over to be crucified. Jesus was in the way of, of their status and their power. Pilate, he passed the buck and he delivered the responsibility over to someone else. He said, Herod, you take it. I don't want to deal with it. He delayed the decision. And Herod's admiration for Jesus turned into hatred for Jesus. Because Jesus didn't do a miracle. He didn't do what he want. You look back at verses 8 and 9. It says, Herod saw Jesus. He was glad. But notice what happens in verse 9. He answered, he asked Jesus many questions, but Jesus answered him nothing. And that turned into mockery. That turned into Herod. He, he was just des- despising Jesus. And I find it interesting, Tim, that Jesus will answer the others, but he does not answer Herod. That's, that's kind of curious. What, any guess you want to take? Why, why would he not answer Herod? He knew what Herod was self-seeking. He yeah. was seeking something for his own self. He knew. And by the way, Herod had already heard the truth from, does anybody know? Who had preached to Herod before? John you guys are great. John the Baptist. And Herod chopped off his head. So Jesus knew Herod wasn't seeking the truth. But for those who truly are seeking the truth, God will give them light and more light. He reveals himself to him. So you guys want to hear what happened to the rest of the story? With the uh, girl in high school? With the girl in high school, yeah. We're, we're back on track. So for those of you who stayed tuned, you can you know, lean forward a little bit. It's kind of so, you know, for those of you who tuned in late, I told a story about a girl I pursued and 
I left school to go to another school to pursue her. And I thought I was, it was a pastor's daughter, by the way. So I was like, man, I'm going to, you know, get this girl and I'm called to ministry. She's the pastor's daughter. So, hey, it may be a good combo. As a ninth grader, I was thinking that. So the day comes and I write her this letter. And uh, Cindy, you said, you think she said yes? Tim said no. The answer is she rejected me. I'm not the only one. Oh, okay. So, you, okay, good. Me too. If you, if you have ever been rejected, put it in the comments, comment section. Me too. So she rejected me. So here's the thing. I made an unwise decision. I, I decided to follow a girl instead of following my calling. I still was called. I still was, you know, wanting to preach, do all this, but I got sidetracked. So here's where the, the story gets kind of interesting. I was sitting in class. It was like this. Um, what is the mechanics class? You sit there. It's like um, machinery. Shop. shop class. Yeah, I was in shop class. And by the way, for those of you who know me, I'm not mechanical at all. So I don't know why. I think it was an easy class. I just took it. So I was sitting there minding my own business, I think, and uh, thinking about how this girl rejected me. Woe was me. Tear, tear in my eye. You know, all this stuff happening. And out of nowhere, an, a UFO comes flying through the air. An unidentified flying object. I, I'm not lying. A UFO. And I found out later the UFO was an acorn. Someone had hurled an acorn through the air, hit me in the eye. And I was just like, Ugh. I mean, I was like black eye. So I ran to the principal's office and, you know, was trying to work out all the details. The kid that did it got kicked out of school for three days. I mean, it was it was a pretty brutal thing, like to hurl, could have knocked my eye out. And that was my wake up call. God was saying, Timothy, I did not tell you to leave the school I'd called you to. You need to get make a decision to get back on track. So after the acorn incident, I went back to the Christian school. The girl had already rejected me anyways. There's no, no point. But I got back where God wanted me to be. And the rest is history. I've been preaching for about 23 years now. and But it started where I got a little wrong decision. So I want to encourage you. What decision are you going to make? I'm going to share a really important decision that John, our camera guy, made, and you're going to hear it in just a moment. This is the right decision. So I want to ask you today, you heard John's story. What will you do with Jesus? Please don't deny Jesus. Please don't mock him. Please don't delay your decision. Please don't just try to serve Jesus for what you can get out of it, like Herod did. Make the decision to follow Jesus because he offers you everlasting life. So today I want to give you this challenge. It's really simple. Write it down. It's L3. How can I make a decision to follow Jesus out of the right reasons and do it the right way? It's L3. The first thing is love Jesus. Just love him. I want you to love him. And we love him because he first loved us. So Jesus loved you first. So why don't you receive the love and begin to love him back? And whenever you love God, it's amazing how that changes your life. If you love God, love people. It's amazing. The second thing, not only love him, but the second L is live for him. How do I know how to live for him? Well, get in the Bible. Start with the book of John. It's a really good place to start. And as you read, I would encourage you to read a chapter a day. The Bible will show you how to live for him. So you love Jesus. You live for Jesus. And the final L, the final challenge is lead someone to Jesus. At Arden First Baptist, we are challenging everyone in 2020 to lead one person to Christ. Disciple that one person. And we have the saying, each one, reach one. So I want to ask you, who are you reaching? When is the last time you have personally led someone to Christ? 
If it's been a while, it's okay. A lot of us can say it's been a while. But listen, God wants to use you to love Jesus, to live for him, and to lead others into a saving relationship with him. So, let's pray. Father, you are good. I thank you for your word. God, we've heard the gospel today. And Father, I want to pray first for the believers. So the believers, I want to ask you to pray. If you have not been following Jesus with love and living for him and you're not leading others to Christ and you're just kind of stuck, just say this prayer. Jesus, I'm sorry. I've really not been living for you as I should. I've not been telling others about you as I should. Please forgive me. Please forgive me. Please renew that passionate love for you. So I want to live for you and I want to tell others about you. Please help me. As the believers continue to pray there in the comfort of your home, I want to speak to someone that you've delayed the decision for far too long. Some of you, you've outright denied Jesus. Some of you, you've mocked Jesus. You've mocked Christianity. Some of you have got a little bit of religion, but it was all about you. It was all about what Jesus could do for you. I want to present the good news to you today that Jesus offers himself to you. And it's not enough to believe God. Even the demons believe God and tremble. You've got to believe in him. And that's receiving him into your life. Revelation 3.20, Jesus is telling the church that pretty much kicked him out. I stand at the door and I knock. If you will open up your heart, if you'll open up the door, I will come in. So say this prayer. Jesus, I've delayed the decision far too long or whatever the case may be. Jesus, I've denied you. Jesus, I've mocked you. Jesus, I've rejected you. Say, Jesus... Today, I invite you into my life. Today, I ask you to save me from all my sins. Jesus, I believe that you died on that cross. I believe that you were buried and you rose again the third day so that I could have new life. So Jesus, come into my life. Jesus, forgive me of all my sins. I choose to follow you today. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Friends, if you made a decision to follow Christ, If you made a decision to to love Jesus, to live for him, and to lead someone else to him, we would love to hear from you. Please email us at office at ardenfirstbaptist.org, or you can shoot us a message right here on Facebook. Just direct message me or Joe or any of the staff, and uh, we will set up a time to talk with you and tell you how you can grow in your faith. Until next time, we love you and know that God has a plan for you. Thanks for being our special guest today. We pray that today's message inspires you to live an extraordinary life in Jesus Christ. If you would like to know more about having a relationship with Jesus, please email us at office at ardenfirstbaptist.org. If you live in the Asheville area, we would love for you to be our guest at Arden First Baptist Church. For more inspiring resources, visit us online at ardenfbc.com. Join us next week for another message from Pastor Timothy Brown.